Welcome back to the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. Probably not the worst thing you'll do today. How's everybody doing? Probably. 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 Yeah. Probably. Not definitely. But probably. <laughs> so here we are in Last Wall for presumably the last time for a while, at least. You guys were just teleported here uh, by the former demigoddess, now Lich, slash Queen of Geb, Arasni. Yeah, she aight. Uh, and you have a super special mission to go uh, destroy the Witch Gates in Ustalav so she can uh, teleport straight to you guys once you've uh, tracked down the location of the Whispering Tyrant and uh, kill that sucker. Uh, yeah, that seems like a pretty dangerous mission. And did she tell us exactly what it looks like? What what looks like? The gates. I don't think they're like gates, like a fence gate that you walk through. That would have been a pretty handy thing to ask Arasni, who probably just assumed you knew what she was talking about since you didn't ask her about them. Right, right, right. Yep. Okay. Uh, as as for <laughs> yeah, Gallowspire, you know that Gallowspire is like the it, it was like the like the like the home base of the whispering tyrant it was like a you know big old like liches tower that uh would have gotcha. gone very very deep underground like a big like big old dungeon so you all have arrived on the western bank of the path river uh if you turn around and look away from the river you see from Almost as far as it was when you were at uh, Nadiri's Bastion, where Arasni met you. But from the opposite direction, you see the smoldering silhouette of Vigil to your west. But it leads you uh, with nothing to do but cross the river. And as luck would have it, Arasni has placed you uh, not too far from a, a once functioning ferry station um it is no longer in service uh probably due to the uh genocide that just happened uh about uh 20 miles from here it it does look like there was some sort of chaos that ensued probably when the ferry station was abandoned uh so it, it it is certainly uh in a bit of disrepair but the there are several perfectly serviceable vessels for you to uh, take your pick from to cross the river. Sweet. I'll ride my phantom steed across. Okay. Uh, what's the duration on that? Uh, a long-ass time. Hours. Hours. Yeah. And I cast it with my extend rod, so I remember it you came would. out to like t- 22 hours he c- it can be out. Alright, that leaves you two hours, though, that you <laughs> won't have yep, that yep. horse. It's true. I hope you're prepared to deal with that. Yeah, once next level. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so uh, they are certainly nothing uh, glamorous or luxurious, but you you pick out a river ferry and uh, you start uh, your way across the river. Now, does this hold everyone at once, or? Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like a. Like a, like a river barge, almost. Uh, Remember, that's how we got individual when we came from Ross. Yeah. yeah. Um, you were even able to, like, store your, your like, two donk... Like, I think it was, like, donkeys with your carriage 
Randolph and Elias will uh, will drive. Oh, Captain okay. and co-captain. Perfect. And uh, Uhtred is just following alongside the ferry. Oh yeah, we'd be racing. <laughs> well, uh, I have the water walk ability. His, his steed just goes at full speed across the water. Yeah, well, full steam ahead on this barge. <laughs> I'll put you to shame. All right, <laughs> let's go. Honk, honk. All right, Randolph, give me a uh, profession sailor check. Oh, shit. <laughs> Maybe we take it I, easy. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right, so uh, River's pretty calm, which is probably why this location was uh, selected uh, as a ferry station. Uh, so, you know... All you've really got to do is like drop the sails and maybe grab a couple oars to to keep it on course. But it's really not rocket science to to get the ship across the river. But cross it, you do, and you sail out of Last Wall and uh, cross the border into Ustalav. That's going to uh, bring a little flashback. The scene begins with a large, pale skull. It glowers down from its home in the eternally twilit sky. We pull back, and endless hills come into view, all filled with rows upon rows of gravestones. We're back in the boneyard, amid the infinite graves. We turn and see that we're right beside a small wooden hut, one of the chance structures found scattered among the countless burial sites. As we enter the hut, we hear the faint sound of metal on metal, like chain links brushing against each other. Inside the hut is a cluttered mess, with furniture strewn about, broken traveling equipment, and scraps of uneaten food. The place appears to be empty. Another sound of rustling metal, and we turn again and see a man sitting limply against the far wall, his arms shackled to the floor. His wild, white hair is unmistakable. It's Randolph Ellington. The front of his shirt is torn apart, and we can see several gaping wounds down his front. When last we saw these wounds, they were pouring with blood. Though they are no longer bleeding, they still appear fresh and agonizing. Perhaps the injury is still fresh, but considering the timeless nature of the boneyard, it is possible Randolph has been laboring with these terrible wounds for days or even weeks. The door of the hut slams open, and Randolph jumps in surprise, looking around in fear. He recoils as we all behold a hideous woman enter with blue hair and a bulging red eye. Her wicked claws appear just as lethal as before. She pays no attention to Randolph and busies herself at a small wooden desk, muttering to herself. Once or twice, we can almost hear the words, Dead roads, crawl out of her lips. She suddenly turns and marches right at Randolph, who turns away in a flinch as much as his chains will allow. Instead of Randolph, though, she stops just short of him and rifles through a small cabinet. After a minute of searching, she pulls out a crumpled sheet of parchment. I still have one. She turns and walks back to the wooden desk on the other side of the hut. Uh, excuse me. The woman jerks her head at Randolph, rage in her eyes. I'm sorry. Could you, could you please let me go? I've never met this, whoever you're looking for, and I, I, I just want- With a roar, the woman stomps back over to Randolph until she dominates our field of vision. With eyes of unrestrained rage, she winds back with a clawed hand and brings it down with a sickening crunch. After a moment of silence, our vantage point shifts, and we can see her deadly claws dug deep into the wooden wall, inches from Randolph's head. Randolph, who'd recoiled at the attack, opens an eye wary of more. 
With a jerk and the cracking of wood, she frees her claws from the wall. You will stay here until I figure out what to do with you. She moves over to the desk again in a huff, reverting to mumbles again. This time we can almost hear the words, cut him open. Another minute of the woman puttering around her hut, and as suddenly as she arrived, she slams the door behind her as she leaves. Time passes. We see Randolph, still shackled to the floor, hunched over, perhaps asleep. The same deep gouges can still be seen down his front, no closer to healing. The hut is dark and still. Suddenly, Randolph is launched awake as the door is slammed open again. He looks around, gasping in fear, but as the moments stretch on, his solitude speaks louder and louder. No one else is there. Randolph stares at the open door, growing more tense by the second, until he doubles over and vomits onto the filthy wooden floor. Randolph sits in the silent hut, panting and gasping as he recovers from his fit. Then he jerks his head to the side, as if following noise or movement just out of his vision. Who's there? Silence. Never heard of you. Randolph fidgets on the floor, keeping away from the pool of sick in front of him. He holds up a shackled arm with an air of annoyance. He motions with a dip of his head at the horrific wound on his chest. I'm not in any position to help anyone, or have you not noticed? And even if I got free, I'm practically dead already, still trying to figure out how I haven't bled out, actually. Randolph chuckles, shaking his head. Oh, sure. I'll just heal myself, yes. Watch closely. I'll just look down, think positive thoughts, and focus on... Oh my god, it's working! As Randolph finishes speaking, we can see his grisly gashes become shallower as his muscles and tissue begin stitching themselves back together, as if with magic. Ah, yes. Well, maybe I can do it again? He focuses again on his wounds, and again, they slowly stitch themselves back together halt their progress, and continue shrinking again as Randolph continues to cast cure spells on himself, looking ever more bewildered at his ability to do so. Finally, the once mortal wounds are completely closed, leaving only thin lines on his chest. Randolph gawks at his torn shirt before rolling his eyes. He jiggles his chains with a few flutters of his arms. Um, yes, but I'm still quite immobile, so, you know, you help me, and I help you, and... I literally just learned magic. Do I have to do everything around here? In response, Randolph's limbs begin to glow a ghostly green. His eyes widen in surprise as the glow begins to take shape. As we watch, green semi-solid arms reach out from his own, tipped with what look like the blades of shovels, and lash out at his chains. Each blow rings through the air like a hammer on an anvil, and Randolph looks back to the open front door in fear. Finally, the links snap apart, and Randolph's arms are freed. After a moment of jubilation, he looks again at the open door. Let's hurry! You didn't have to be so loud, you know. Randolph moves quietly to the small wooden desk on the other side of the room. After looking around for what he doesn't quite know, his eyes fall upon a crumpled sheet of parchment. He snatches it up and begins reading, his eyes growing wider with every passing moment. This is complete nonsense! He slams the parchment back down onto the table. I don't know how to plane shift. Wait. He picks the parchment back up, and we can see the strange magical runes covering it. This will help me plane shift. Randolph takes another cautionary look toward the cluttered hut. Of course not, I need a tuning fork. Randolph begins rummaging through the cluttered mess on the table, tossing useless junk to the side, only to uncover more junk beneath it. 
Finally, he holds up a small metal tuning fork. Randolph holds it up close for inspection. Any idea what plane it's attuned to? The front door slams open. As we turn with Randolph to look, we hear a shriek of rage. Randolph's captor is framed in the doorway, her blood-red eye burning with hatred. Don't you dare! You're right! Anywhere is better than here! Randolph reads the magical scroll with one hand, and in the other he holds the tuning fork aloft. As we watch in slow motion, the hag runs at Randolph, knocking cluttered obstacles out of the way with her deadly claws, while the magical runes on the scroll lift off the parchment before vanishing as their magical potential is released. Randolph looks up from the scroll at the charging woman, fear and excitement in his eyes. I have no idea how I know how to do this! And as time speeds back up, he makes one quick motion, slamming the tuning fork down, stabbing the pointed ends into the floor. From the point the tuning fork makes contact, we can see the ground contort, and then the space around it. And then the contortion ripples out with blinding speed, consuming the hut, the hag, and all of reality before us. Everything except Randolph and the tuning fork. And in its wake, a new place comes into view, as if revealed from the parting of a curtain. Randolph straightens up and looks around at his new surroundings. We look with him and behold a raised, twisted roadway. Fog obscures our vision beyond the road's borders. We've arrived with Randolph on the dead roads. Just as it seems that the danger has passed, though, Randolph claws at his throat, coughing. So thirsty. He falls to one knee and wraps his arms around his abdomen. Starving. He reaches out and starts crawling forward, feebly forcing himself to continue. Uhtred, Vipira, and Rogyar, I have to find them. He crumbles onto his belly as his strength drains from his body. The unknown time spent on the timeless boneyard taking its toll as his body catches up with the thirst and starvation unknowingly accrued. Our vision goes blurry as we listen to Randolph slowly dying, and as the scene fully fades, all we can hear is a soft whisper as a breeze blows over the cobblestones of the dead roads, and we're back on the path river. That was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you guys are about three quarters across the path river. Uh, why don't you give me a couple perception checks? Or why don't you give me one perception check from each of you? Seven. <laughs> uh, Thirteen. I'll stop. I'll stop there. Twelve. Well, I mean, Thalias can make a perception check. Oh, yeah, true. And Elksy can make a perception check. Oh, that's true. I'll make a perception check with, uh... Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> Look at these. Oh, Thalias got a God. five, so... The highest total is a natural one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, looks like it's up to uh, Elksy with uh, Toast's D20. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> Elksy's got a really fucking good perception. Yeah. Makes sense. 33. <laughs> Something's never changed. There's our radar. <laughs> Along the far shore of the Path River stands a line of new wooden barricades decorated with freshly impaled human bodies. You can all see this as you grow closer and closer. But only Elksy, after recoiling from uh, like squinting at these barricades, 
she says. One of those bodies is still alive. We have to hurry. She says it's still alive or it's moving? It's... Well, that's a, a fair point, Uhtred. Uh, I, I can't be sure from this far away, but it looks like it's writhing in agony. Uh, so you see these barricades. They stand about four feet tall, uh, made of... Uh, you're not totally sure what they have. Uh, wooden spikes facing outward toward the river. And they appear to be... Uh, like pretty pretty new addition to this bank of the river, uh, and the impaled on the spikes are just what look like just a bunch of slain sailors. Except Elksy Elksy points out to you uh, one of them uh, seems to be like squirming in, in agony. Okay, Uchid will uh, will ride up ahead of the ferry and stay a far enough distance away from the barricade, but close enough where he can use his goggles to see if the person is actually living or potentially an undead oh. to lure people in. As as Uhtred is heading over there, the Crimson Herald pulls a vial out of one of the pockets of his coat and, uh, and drinks it, and you see him kind of like twist and contort and become even more bestial than he was before uh matt yes uh i don't think you've had the opportunity to uh you can keep it to yourself if you want to but would you like to explain to the audience uh what your character is uh sure that sounds like a good idea as some people maybe might have guessed by now with the uh change in identity and personality Crix at his base is a vigilante. Specifically, he is a vigilante with the warlock archetype. And like the warlock archetype, the big draw of it is it gets a spell list. Like it, it gets spells as a base magus. Ah, get um, fucked. Well, it gets it gets the magus like spells per day, but it pulls from the sorcerer wizard list, not the magus list. So, like, it has spells per day like a Magus, but actually has a better spell list to pull from. And kind of one of the defining features of the archetype is a, an ability called Mystic Bolts, which allows me to shoot projectiles of energy um, at, you know, at creatures. Wait, so Rogar's back? <laughs> well, whereas Rogar was more of a cannon, this guy is more of a Gatling gun. Like, Rogier's thing was one big blast every round. Cricks with a full attack. Uh, I'll, I'll save that for when it comes up, but it's a lot more than one. But Cricks also, I had him multi-class. Because, I don't know. I'm stealing I want... my ideas. It wasn't oh, complicated. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes. So, I came to the idea I wanted to play an arcane trickster. Like... Basically, I wanted to use these Mystic Bolts, but I wanted to throw in some extra damage to help them out. Because they honestly, like, the damage progression on them is garbage. So I wanted to try and boost their damage a bit by adding in some Sneak Attack dice. And you might think, oh, you, if with Sneak Attack, that means you took some levels in Rogue, right? You would think, but no. I actually took three levels of the Vivisectionist archetype for Alchemist. So that gives me some sneak attack on top of a few low level, for Alchemist, they're called extracts, basically low level, like first level spells 
that I can I can work with, as well as the ability that I just did that prompted this explanation from Alex. Uh, I just drank a mutagen. So you're basically a witcher. Uh, haven't seen the show or played the game, so I couldn't tell you. He's he's Doctor Strange and Doctor Jekyll. Yeah, that's 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 fair. But yeah, I I am definitely excited to see this guy in a fight to see how he plays out. Yeah, it sounds complicated as shit. Yep. <laughs> it's honestly less complicated than Tom's character, but I just had to take three <laughs> classes to get there. Uh, you too. <laughs> also, it's another character who has multiple personality disorder. Yep. Yeah, Uhtred is the ol- in, yeah. <laughs> Uhtred's the only like fully sane character in this party. Yeah. I guess it kind of makes sense that uh, you're not going to have too many sane people dealing with this shit. Coming yeah. back to life in junk. Um, I should also mention, I think, that um, Crix is a skinwalker as his race. Anyone that's listened to our War for the Crown campaign, the short-lived character of Petrit was a skinwalker. You just had to open those wounds. Yes, I did. <laughs> I don't um, think it was ever revealed that Petra was a skinwalker either. Well, it's so short-lived. <laughs> you didn't get the <laughs> chance. He just didn't have very long to explain it. So, um, so skinwalkers kind of like uh, like a werewolf-ish. They have were werewolfish abilities without being like afflicted fully with lycanthropy. Like they have it genetically without having it like the actual curse of being a werewolf but Crix is actually a werebatkin so he takes like when he does his transformation even more complicated he, yeah he, he ends up looking a bit like a bat so between the transformation and then the mutagen yeah that that just gave me a quick plus six to my decks for a while what's your decks at to start with uh it starts at a 22 so it's sitting at a 28 right now what Matt <laughs> Matt, why would you do this? Twenty fucking eight, huh? It's like double digits on your modifier, yeah. Uh, it's plus nine right now. So what do my goggles say? Your goggles uh inform you that this this man that you see writhing in agony on this spike is alive and just about as close to death as you can get the other sailors you see impaled on the spikes are rightly and truly dead so you see that this that this man is alive and uh, dying uh what do you do stay here i'm gonna bring the ferry over and we'll we'll help you out uh stay here like he's got somewhere to go yeah (laughs) yeah no, I thought I would just kind of go over there for a bit. Um, how? Uh, so you like ride right up to this guy and tell him that, and then ride back to no, the no, no, no. I, I did not ride right up to this guy. I said I rode up and kept, stopped like a distance where I was close enough that my goggles could see, but would like you know not yeah. be in danger of getting hit by something. I would say like at least twenty feet away from this guy. Okay, so you're twenty feet away from this guy. And you say, stay here, uh, the fairy's coming, and that's when you're, you become aware of several, uh, creatures kind of emerge from beneath what looks like it was a, like a thick layer of semi-dried mud 
that this beachfront is consisting of and you see a lone uh, undead creature uh, with a bow and then several paces behind it you see an entire group of undead all just it almost initially probably looks like just a, a humongous like hill just forming uh, from beneath the mud before the, the the cracked mud finally breaks and you see dozens and dozens of these blood-drenched skeletons. And Uhtred, you will be part of the surprise round. Everybody roll initiative. All right, Uhtred. 26. Arginus. An 11. Randolph. 21. And the Crimson Herald. Uh, 26. Ooh, what is your modifier? Uh, plus nine. And Uhtred? Plus ten. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, we twitch you boys. <laughs> okay, so Uhtred, you are up first. Uh, I'm going to say that the ferry is a hundred feet out. If anyone wants to make, like, use their sp- standard actions to make profession sailor checks you can maybe expedite that a little bit Uhtred you are you are 10 feet away from the shore which is 10 feet away from uh, this man on uh, impaled on the barrier and then about 15 feet diagonally uh, back from him is this undead archer and then 10 feet back from him is this horde of undead skeletons. And go. I'm going to snap my fingers and produce my staff. So yeah, I'm going to cast Ice Storm, which All is right. 5d6. All right. And uh, as a troop, the skeletons will take uh, damage and a half from that a, uh, area of effect spell. Oh, I rolled really well on this. Um, I think the Ooh. first... Alright, the first three are bludgeoning damage. So 14 damage, bludgeoning, and then 8 cold damage for a total of 22. Alright, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, yeah, can we do knowledge rolls on these things? I was about yeah. to say that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, everybody who's got it can give me two knowledge religion checks. You can tell me that they uh, are immune to cold damage? I'm not saying shit. Oh, my God. Seven and nine? Are you kidding me? Yikes. Uh, 27 and 30. We should got a 33 and a 21. Okay. All right. Uh, so Crimson Herald and Uhtred, you both identify the archer as a white, which you have fought several times. Uhtred, at least, would remember fighting some whites in the uh, Bastion of Light Temple, uh, specifically... Randolph would too. Yes, Randolph right. would also, but he didn't roll high enough to identify it. Oh, okay. Uh, but I suppose, yeah, Randolph would still recognize it, kind of. Uh, you remember fighting whites in the Bastion of Light Temple, specifically uh, in this in the same uh, like main cathedral as the uh, the Gray Reaver, and then you fought whites again at the uh, the uh, the way station uh, to the north of Vigil. Uh, so, again, like, whites are, on their own, are pretty low 
level enemies unless they have other stuff going on which you wouldn't really know from a knowledge check uh, so I'll just give you guys some info on whites oh, actually you would know specifically that this is a cairn white some societies deliberately create these specialized whites to serve as guardians for barrows or other burial sites Karen White is an advanced white that fights with a weapon. Channels its energy drain attack and affects creatures damaged by the weapon as if they had been struck by the white's slam attack. Uh, energy drain, of course, being uh, when a white strikes you, uh, you take one negative level. Uh, you know that they have resurrection vulnerability. A raised dead or similar spell cast on a Karen White destroys it gets a will save to negate it using the spell in this way does not require a material component um you know that any humanoid creature that is slain by a cairn white becomes an ordinary white itself in only 1d4 rounds spawns are under the command of the current the cairn white that created them and remain enslaved until its death at which point they become full-fledged and free-willed cairn whites they do not possess any of the abilities that they had in life okay uh, that's pretty much all the noteworthy stuff about a Cairn White. Uh, the Board of Undead, Uhtred unfortunately did not roll high enough to identify, uh, only because it is not really a typical, because it's like a troop and not like a common one. You're not really sure, although you do know that the, the component Undead making up this troop is called uh, Bloody Skeleton. Uh, so... Yeah, Crimson Herald, uh, you would identify this as a, well, a Skeleton Guard troop. And you can ask two questions about a Skeleton Guard troop. Uh, I would like some energy resistance. Sure. The only energy-based defenses it has is that it's immune to cold damage. That would have been nice to know. <laughs> um, and I guess, yeah, give me some DR. They have DR5 that is overcome by bludgeoning damage. Okay. Uh, you win some, you lose some, huh? Yep. <laughs> and Uhtred, uh, you can ask one question about bloody skeletons. Uh, we did DR and we did uh, energy. energy resistance. Uh, give me one cool offensive ability. They don't Prefer have any offensive abilities, but I will tell you about their... Uh, their deathless uh, ability. Uh, Bloody Skeleton is destroyed when reduced to zero hit points, but it returns to life one hour later at one hit point, allowing its fast healing thereafter to resume healing it. A Bloody Skeleton can be permanently destroyed if it is destroyed by positive energy. If it is, if it is reduced to zero hit points in the area of a Bless or Hallow spell, or if its remains are sprinkled with a vial of holy water. As for how much fast healing it has, well, that would have been its own question. Uh, so yeah, uh, unpause. Uh, Uhtred casts uh, Ice Storm. All right, so how much bludgeoning damage did you deal? It should be a total of 21 with the one and a half. Yes, and the white does not have immunity to cold. So how much cold damage did you deal? Eight, so she, that one would have taken 22 damage. Just a friendly reminder too, Ice Storm leaves behind a cylinder of difficult difficult terrain. Yes, it does. 
Okay, so up next is going to be the Bloody Skeleton Troop. So Uchard, you, you notice that this troop of skeletons are uh, lightly armed and armored. Uh, nothing overly dangerous on any one of them, but a bunch of them have bows. And those skeletons all train their bows on you, and they launch a just a volley of arrows right at you. I'm going to need a reflex save. Good thing you got that ring of evasion. Yeah. That's true. Got a 16? 16 is not enough. Uchir, you take 12 points of damage. Okay, and up next is the white who will train its own bow at Uhtred. You see a, uh, a devious, rotted grin on its face that I'm lets gonna, an arrow I'm fly. I'm going to spend an arcana point here to buff my AC. Alright, that's a 30 to hit. That misses. Alright, and that is the surprise round. Uh, here we are in the combat proper, and it is Uhtred's turn. They're like 100 feet back from me? Yes. Okay, I'm going to cast a mirror image. Okay. So I have five mirrors, and then I'm going to have my mount move back 50, 50 feet. All right. And up next is the Crimson Herald. Okay. Uh, the Crimson Herald is going to, uh, even though you do not see see it, Crimson Herald basically just like touches himself on the chest, and he's going to cast Shield on himself from a wand. All right. That brings us back to the skeleton guard troop, and they move 15 feet forward through the difficult terrain. They are still within range to fire another volley at Uhtred. Give me another reflex save. Oh no, uh, 15. All right, that's another that's another fail. And you take another 15 points of damage. Mirrors don't help you against area of effects. Next up is Elksy. Elksy doesn't really have much she can do. Um, silly as it might sound, I guess Elksy's going to make a profession sailor check and just kind of like tighten her rope in her teeth or just do some other uh, nautical maneuver to try to speed up the ferry. That does sound silly. I got a 19, uh, so that's going to be enough. Uh, so that will increase the fairy's movement by 30 feet, which it will move at the end of the initiative. Or, I'm sorry, by 10 feet, it will move at the end of the initiative. So now it uh, it will have a 40-foot move speed. That's Elksy's turn. And now it's Randolph's turn. Can I speed it up more than 40 feet? Yes, you can give me a uh, profession sailor check. So I'm going to have to make the profession sailor check after all. That's right, baby. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Randolph and Thalias are unable to uh, to make much difference in the uh, fairy speed. So the celestial elk is able to do more than the two captains of the ship? As is tradition. <laughs> uh, okay, it is now the white's turn. And uh, while it probably would have wanted to take a five-foot step closer, 
it doesn't actually need to, and it can't in difficult terrain, so it's going to stay exactly where it is, make a full attack on Uhtred. 24 to hit. Miss. It doesn't take a meter. And a 24 to hit. Same result. Toast, we got to chat about your d20. <laughs> it's working fine by me. Yeah, Seems I good. bet it is. Our genus... Our genus is going to do the only thing he can do at this point is going to fireball. Ooh, okay. Imagine you're centering that right in the middle of the ice storm. Yep. Hot and cold, baby. Okay. Hit him with the oh, old yeah. icy oh. hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got to give you a couple of reflex saves. All right, here we go. First, the white natural 20. Ooh. Here comes the troop. 18. Uh, so this is the third is... level spell. Uh, 19, so no. Yeah. Okay. Can't make it. All right. Uh, 10 6 coming at you. And 33. So for troops, I believe uh, that's um, that and a half, right? Yep. So yep. that's 50. Okay. It's a solid fireball. Yep. Oh, wait. Isn't that 48? No. 33 and 16. Sorry. 49. Yeah. Sorry. One point. Both the white and the troop are still moving. And it's Uhtred's turn again. I'm still in the range, huh? Oh, bows have quite the the far yeah. range. Oh, and uh, I'm sorry. The uh, the fairy moves 40 feet closer. So it is now 60 feet away from the shore. So it's just about even with Uhtred. I don't have like a lot of like long-rangey damage-dealing stuff. I guess I could cast another ice storm. Alright, I think what I'm gonna do is cast a chill touch and have my mount move like 40 feet up on a diagonal so I end up in a straight line with the white, carrying okay. white. And then I'm gonna activate my ring and go invisible. So standard action activate your ring, so you can't do that in the same turn that you uh, cast chill touch. Forget the chill touch, then. I'll just activate the ring and move up. Okay. Tired of these fucking bows. Hopefully they can't see me. (laughs) And Crimson Herald. All right. Uh, The Crimson Herald is, again, going to just kind of touch his chest and, from a wand, cast Fly on himself. Anything with his move action? Yep. He is going to fly right past the invisible uh, Uhtred. And head right towards the shore. All right. So troops turn. Sorry, as he's flying up, he's just gonna like kind of growl out. This affront to my senses is rather perceptible. Your continued existence is deemed unacceptable. Okay, it is the uh, it is the skeleton troops turn, and they are gonna continue to drudge their way out of the difficult terrain created by the ice storm. Uh, and fire a volley at the Crimson Herald. Give me a reflex save. Uh, how's a 30 hit you? All right. Uh, they will only take half damage because that passes. Ooh. Almost max rolled that, though. So it's eight points of damage after having. Okay. All right. Elksy's turn. She's going to make a profession sailor check with some more shenanigans. <laughs> Elksy got a 15, so that'll be another 10 feet for the, the fairy. Alexi's just come on we gotta get it to the shore she's got uh, like 
just ropes clenched in her teeth, just doing, doing something successfully. Pulling the team to victory. <laughs> literally. Yep. As usual. <laughs> and literally. <laughs> and Randolph. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I want to try again to get us all over there. I mean, all right. I could cast a spell, but I don't know how useful that is. It seems like the biggest thing I can do is drive the goddamn ship that I'm in charge of, except do it better. All right. That's, that's my plan. Yes. 22. Very nice. And... The Lies is totally going to assist. Oh, Flies can just make his own wisdom check and maybe help oh, okay. even more. Make his own, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, it was had the exact same effect. Uh, yeah. So what Randolph got? 22. The Lies got a 9. All right. Uh, so Randolph also adds 10 feet, so the fairy's going to move uh, 50 feet uh, at the end of the round, and it is our genus's turn. I mean... <sighs> Why stop a good thing, honestly? Worked uh, last time. Yeah. Let's just uh, throw another fire- Wait. fireball at it. I'm sorry. I skipped over the white. Hang That's tight. Okay. Our, hang tight, our genus. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm hanging. Uh, how high up is the crim- the Crimson Herald? Um, Maybe like 10 feet. He didn't go up very much. All right. Uh, being right behind this crowd of undead, I'm going to say that the white does not have line of sight to the Crimson Herald, so... Oh, cool. Uh, it's going to have to, uh, move out of the way, and, uh, then take just a single bow attack. I don't have favored enemy Skinwalker, so... <laughs> Ooh, but a, uh, how does a 34 sound? Ooh, that hits... All right, that's 14 points of damage, and give me a, uh, nope, you don't get a saving throw. You just take one negative level. Well, what? fuck off. So I was at, yeah, so I've, apparently what I'd temporary. been doing, yes, I apparently I'd been doing this wrong. I mean, I, I, I did know that it was always a temporary negative level until you get a chance to roll for it 24 hours later, but... I didn't know that unless it specifically states otherwise, you just automatically take that temporary negative level. You don't get a saving throw to resist it. So there you go. Now it's our genus's turn. All right. Uh, copy paste. 10 yep. 6 Give you a couple reflex saves first. Start with the white. 15. And the troop. 14. Neither make it. So the troop uh, makes 48 damage, and uh, the other one takes 32, the white. Okay. The troop is obliterated by that fireball. Burn, burn, burn. (laughs) Although you do know that, uh, what did I say, An, an hour later? Yeah, one hour from now, that troop of bloody skeletons will likely be, uh, have, like, put itself back together somehow and slowly uh, start to fully reform. Uh, the white is still up and it's Uhtred's turn. Alright, I'm going to move up on my mount, cast a chill touch, and deliver it on the white. Okay. Ooh, a terrible roll is terrible. Uh, 18 and a 12 on both attacks. Versus its flat-footed AC minus two. 
that matches and Uhtred strikes the white. Well, hot diggity dog. Um, so that's 11 slashing damage. Alright. And it's gotta make a... This enemy just got a natural one on its will save. Yeah. So now it has to run in fear. For how long? One round long per time. level? Yeah. Jesus long Christ. Time. 1d4 rounds plus one round per caster level. That's even worse. So four, yeah, 14 rounds. All right. So, yeah, it's going to do that on its turn. Uh, Crimson Herald, it is your turn. All right. Crimson Herald is going to float forward five feet. And he is going to unleash a barrage of attacks, energy attacks on this thing. Um, here we go. We'll go uh, full fire here. Okay. And uh, just real quick, uh, what feats slash like special attacks are you utilizing for how many attacks? Um, I'm using my Mystic Bolts. I'm spending a swift action to activate uh, Arcane Strike. You're using Rapid Shot? Yes. Oh, sorry. I'm using uh, two-weapon fighting and rapid shot. All right. So that is a minus four penalty altogether. Yes. And I am targeting touch AC with all of these. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. All right. So that's a 28 to hit. Hits. That's 10 fire damage and one acid. Uh, that's a 24 to hit. That hits. That was 12 fire and five acid. Okay. And a 21 to hit. That hits. So that was seven fire and one acid. And then a 17 to hit its touch. 17 will hit. That's 12 fire and four acid. And you've destroyed the white. With and then he gets to spare. <laughs> and one more for good measure. All right. So yeah, you all see, uh, and you, you, you saw Crix, uh fire off a lightning bolt or something against that, uh, that river monster. Before you uh, met Arasni last week, uh, but it looks like this might be uh, the Crimson Herald's fighting style. He just flies over and just fucking. I like the whirlwind of. I picture it like uh, like in DBZ when they do just like the, that that flurry of like the little <laughs> energy birds. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, and uh, oh, and I forgot to mention that after our genus's turn, the. Uh, the fairy had advanced again and was only 10 feet from the shore. Uh, yeah, so with that, uh, the danger seems to be passed. You know, I was going to say, yeah, he, he did cool damage and, uh, you know, there's fireballs and a lot of cool stuff going on. But um, the, who got the ship to the to the uh, battle here, you know, Elksy. right in time? Elksy. Well, <laughs> no, but who else did? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Thanks, Randolph. No problem. And the uh, the sailor continues to to squirm. He says, "Please, help me, Randolph! Quick, you're the healer. I'll put him down." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I thought this guy was undead. No, no he he he's living. I'm still, please, I. But not for much off, longer. Off this spike, it hurts so bad. Uh, uh. All right, all right, all right. I help him. Jeez. What right. should I heal him with? 
probably your biggest I heal. Yeah. yeah don't, didn't you take heal gaping wounds? This is a pretty yeah. gaping wound. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, what do we we need all that healing at once? Give me a heal well, no, check. Don't waste that on him. Yeah. yeah, like, what, oh, didn't, yeah. didn't you take that healing I, hands feet or something? Yeah, dude, I got the hands now. I'll put yeah, my just hands shove on. your hands inside. <laughs> I mean, I meant to assess his his injuries, but yes, you can do that too. Yeah, I'll do that. Try it out. I'll rub my hands together. Let's see what these babies are made of. <laughs> you like spit in each palm. <laughs> rub them together. So are you going to make a heal check to assess his injuries, or are you going to make a heal check to use your healer's hands feet? I want to try the healing hands feet, but also I don't want him to die, so I'm just going to heal this guy. Maybe maybe this is the time don't to be try a out my new abilities. Don't waste spells on, on this person. We'll definitely need those. I mean, the smartest thing to do would make the heal check to see. All right, yeah, yeah, okay. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> 22. Okay. Uh, you can see that this man is currently at zero hit points, and uh, it would seem that he is uh, suffering from some sort of infection, which probably isn't all that uh, surprising. Right. So what's the doctor's order here? Walk it off? He has. So he has hit point damage, and he is... You, you don't know what it is, but he has some sort of disease. All right, well, let's heal his hit points first things first. And I'll do it with the wand. So I don't use any of my spell slots. All right, one d eight plus just, one. Just get them above zero, with a three. <laughs> yeah, jeez. All right. Oh, 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 thank you so much. Oh, oh my, my brothers. He, he looks at the uh, all of the other sailors who are who have long seem, seem to be long dead at this point. We were just sailing down the path river to investigate what. Whatever was going on uh, over in Vigil, we saw something, but then these monsters, they just rose out of the water and they attacked us. I woke up impaled on on that thing, but, but, but thank you so much for helping me. Oh, no problem. Don't mention it. So, what are you doing now? I don't know. I, I, su- I suppose I, if I can make my way to Vigil somehow and... Uh, I can f- Ooh, find. This find, is messy. What? What? But did you know what happened at the city? Vigil is no more. What you saw was essentially a great explosion in the center. We just got out barely and helped evacuate what few survivors were left. No, that can't. That can't be true. It is true. Where did you say your, you and your brothers were sailing from? We were just farther up the path river on... Uh, it was just... We, we make that... We, we take that same route uh, twice every season. It, we were heading back to Volumus on Lake Incarthen. We saw how we had only just begun our return trip. This... It's... What, what you say, it's not possible. Vigil can't just be gone. It is, and it is. But then... You see evidence of it here. You saw these undeads. Monsters from Ustalav. Certainly, it is certainly unusual to see so many this close to the the border, but what what does this mean for for Last Wall? What what is happening? What is happening is the Whispering Tyrant has risen again. It means that Last Wall will be fighting for its life. We're at war worse. Oh, well, 
it's not all bad. We are going to stop it. You, you are? Pipe down, Randolph. Well, I, I, I would, I would love to say that I, I, I could, could help you on whatever you're doing, but I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just a, a fisherman. I, I'm but a child in, in matters of, of combat and warfare. Uh, what do I do now? I, I can't defend myself out here. I, I can't, I can't sail. Uh, and he like looks at your, your ferry. I, I can't sail. Uh, a vessel like that, all by myself? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Umble and Thoot sent us to uh, retrieve you and uh, help us along our way by ferrying us. We'll, we'll help you in whatever uh, ways possible in order to manage the ship. But <laughs> we can we can discuss more along the way. We we kind of got to get a move on before. Uh, and he points over to uh, the corpses. Uh, I think these guys are gonna wake up very shortly. What? I I don't know who Umble and Thud are. They, they... <laughs> Your destiny has been intertwined with ours. Do they do they mention me by name? Only only that I only that. They knew, they knew we would run across somebody just like you, and it's perfect. Give me a bluff check. Sure. Yo, he's got me believing him. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't know any of this. <laughs> Whatever, Maybe? he's just a fisherman. Uh, uh, yeah, you don't need 13. a good bluff check to fool yeah. this guy. Yeah. He says, well, that's, uh, that, that may be, but I, I can't just go traipsing through Ustalav. I... I can't protect myself. I I have a family to go home to. Well, <laughs> you would you would be just like our friend Rogyar. You can come and go as you wish. Uh, but we we will obviously protect you as long as you protect us on the river's way. Aren't you listening? I can, I can't protect anyone. Uh, you could steer a boat. We could handle the rest. You know, now I'm kind of thinking that you're taking my job from me. What <laughs> the first guy that we run into is a better captain than I am. Unbelievable. Alright, Arginus, give me a diplomacy check. I mean, are we sailing the ferry up the river? No, or are we just sailing No, we're not. The it's not a... Like, we're just uh, taking it across. You you're just taking it across the river, and then the rest of your was on route foot. was... Yeah, I mean, you were kind of going to be following the river for a little bit. But, like, once you got to the mountains, like, you were going to separate from the river. Uh, that's a 22 diplomacy. I mean, there's no way he can't captain it to the bank that we're already on. <laughs> <laughs> that I got us to, just so, so we're clear. But we'll give this guy the credit. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, well, if, if you can promise me that... You can keep me safe. Well, I, I, I suppose I, I do owe you for for saving me from those monsters, getting me off of that spike. And he, he looks horrified at the idea of going with you deeper into Ustalav. But he looks like he's willing to do it. What's yeah, well, what else are you going to do there, bud? Like, you're, you're just going to his family? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh his family and Vigil? No. Oh, I thought he said he was. Oh, uh, that—that's what I thought too. He's, he said he was 
going to Vigil to investigate the explosion, but then he said he was heading uh, back to Volumus, which is mm-hmm. uh, down here. Gotcha. Oh. It's up to you, friend. We can we can make our own way, or or you can come with us. Uh, I can't guarantee your safety on the way back, but on the way there, we could certainly help. He he looks at you all, like pleading. He says, "Please, I, I'll if it's if it's a sailor you need, I I I, I suppose I can help you, but if if you can't guarantee me." Safety heading back, I, I it just... Nay, my friend, be on your way. Live to fight another day. Oh, nice. I mean, yes, that's what I, that's what I want, but... And then he, like, he looks around, like, hopelessly. Like, where am I, where am I to go? How am I to, to leave this place? If, if we're at war, worse than war, and he, like, gestures more hopelessly towards Uhtred, who said so. I I am a nation away from my home. Please, is there anything you can do? This is messy. <laughs> no. We've done what we can do. You have a chance. You're right. You may not make it back home. But that is for you, not us. Our mission Uhtred. takes us further north. We cannot tarry back and forth. <laughs> Matt. What's with the rhyming, dude? This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't spoil it. What? This is amazing. <laughs> he uh, he bows his head. And he says, "All right, if if you say that you can proceed here without my assistance, then I think it might be my best chance to try heading home from here instead of deeper in Ustalav. Once you no longer need my services, uh, and he." looks at the uh, the fairy that is uh, just kind of run aground on the shore. What kind of run aground? Is that really how you're describing my excellent ferrying? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you parallel park it? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, fine. You got me there. <laughs> uh, I mean, that is exactly what you would do yeah. to, to get to get out of the boat and like park it, essentially. He says, uh, I don't know how far I could make it on my own, but do you think perhaps you could I, uh, help me shove I, I, off? I, oh, I was going to give him some more healing with my healing hands. Like, while he's talking, like, do yeah. you think I could? And I'm like, Shh, yes, yes, yes. And I, I start to use my healing hands. Okay. At least give him some bit of a chance here. Dude's got three HP. <laughs> All right. Yeah, give me... gust of wind would take him down. Yep. All right, give me a heal check. Uh, DC 20 uh, will give him a number of hit points equal to his hit die. DC 25 will add your wisdom mod. Oh. <laughs> what about a nine? <laughs> a Again, nine? I feel like you should have more than a plus three in that. What the hell is going on with your my, character? Yeah, I didn't add my skills. Oh. <laughs> God damn it, Joe. <laughs> what did you roll? Uh, like, three. what did you, what did you click? He clicked on the skill. He just never put ranks in it. Yeah. All right. So what are we adding to that roll? Uh, uh, at least eight. 11, I hope. <laughs> yeah. So 17. All right. Uh, yeah. So maybe uh, you can, it's your first time trying it out. Like maybe you can like, you, you put your hands on them and you can kind of feel the, like the planar membrane between 
the material and positive energy planes and you just kind of like try to push that energy into this guy but kind of the the membrane just kind of like slips through your grasp and you can't quite make anything work all right well i'll hit him with one more heal from the wand old trusty okay uh four all right i should get a poem that's that's plenty seven's more than three oh well thank you thank you that's very much appreciated uh, I don't suppose you could help me uh, shove off unless you were planning on keeping this this barge. No, take the barge and go. Follow down the river's flow. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I, thank you, it, thank uh, you. In game, at this point, <laughs> Randolph gives you like a side eye like, what the fuck is this? Why is this guy rhyming? I don't say anything, but I've definitely <laughs> noticed up by now. Like, you're rhyming. How did Randolph become the second most sane person? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Now, you know how, what it is? Elias, man. He is my absolute rock. Without yep. him, I, I would be number one, numero uno, insane man. You'd still be in that hut. Yeah, seriously. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he, uh, he hops aboard, and uh, he's like, oh, there's elk spit all over these ropes uh, but he, he gets he gets everything set that he can and then he uh, he asks you to just kind of shove him free of the of the shore you just kind of push him free and for for a minute it just the ship just kind of like drifts aimlessly as this guy's trying single-handedly to uh, navigate this barge made to be piloted by probably at least half a dozen people. After a minute, uh, he seems to kind of get some control. He gets wind going in the right sail, and very slowly the ship kind of rotates clockwise until it's facing south down the river, and it slowly drifts farther farther down. So what do you guys do? Uh, while that's going on, I'm going to re-prepare a mirror image and um, chill touch for my purpose. Uh, while he's preparing, um, Arginus walks over to uh, the white and does decompose corpse, oh, making gosh. making sure that thing never walks again. I think well, was, the white wasn't the one we had to worry yeah, about. It was the troop. Do yeah. we know for a fact the white's not going to regenerate? We do know for a fact the troop will. You're not aware of any uh, inherent ability of whites to, like, regenerate. No. But I, you know, it's who a knows? First level Anything's spell. possible. It's not like a... Um, yeah. You certainly don't have enough first-level spells to affect the entire troop. Right. Uh, you do know that... Yeah, we need, like, holy water or something. If in the area of a bless or hallow spell, or if its remains are sprinkled with a vial of holy water. So if somebody wanted to cast bless right now, that would probably do the trick. Pop the bead. Oh, yeah, of course. I take the bead out and I cast bless. All right. The jumble, like the pile of bones that were just like perpetually oozing blood. The blood just seems to finally ebb and like the last of the blood just seeps out of sight as it gets absorbed into the the semi-dried mud and you're pretty sure it is 
not going to regenerate. Okay. Well, that was fun. Now what? Now we continue. Anybody looking for any loot? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, looking for... Uh, well, yeah. Dive for loot head and first heels. into the corpses. All right, well, on the white, you would find two magical potions. Uh, it is wearing magical leather armor, has a magical composite longbow, and a magical cloak, and pretty much nothing wielded by the skeletons looks like it was of any value. Um, but you do find, just amongst like the tattered clothing or like maybe rolled up in one of the boots two magical items out of like the whole thing and there are two magical scrolls so I'm just gonna give you the potions cause they are po- uh, two potions of inflict moderate wounds the armor is plus two leather armor the bow is a plus one composite longbow the composite is scored to a strength score of plus five uh, had 60 arrows and 10 cold iron arrows, and his cloak was a plus one cloak of resistance. Uh, I'll have two spellcraft checks for the scrolls, though. Got a 32 and a 22. 11 and a 27. 25 and 27. All right. 10 and 10. Uh, wow. <laughs> 10 and 10. There's a scroll of banishment. Uh, it is a. It is on the. Cleric, Inquisitor, Shaman, Sorcerer, Summoner, and Unchained Summoner spell lists. It forces a number of extra planar creatures uh, back to their home plane, as many as two hit dice of creatures per caster level. And it has a caster level of 13. So up to 26 hit die hit dice. You can improve the spell's chance of success by presenting at least one object or substance that the target hates, fears, or otherwise opposes. For each such object or substance, you gain a plus one bonus on your caster level check to overcome the target's spell resistance, if any, and the saving throw DC increases by two. Certain rare items might work twice as well as a normal item for the purpose of the bonuses. Uh, And that's it. The other scroll you identify as Greater Heroism. Greater Heroism is on the spell lists of Bard, Psychic, Sorcerer slash Wizard, Spiritualist, Summoner, and Witch. Uh, This spell functions like Heroism, uh, which grants a target a plus two morale bonus on attack rolls, saves, and skill checks, but the target gains a plus four morale bonus, and they also gain uh, immunity to fear effects, uh, but for our campaign that would be fear resistance and they gain temporary hit points equal to your caster level the caster level of this would be 11 wow wow all right so there you go so yeah you guys uh collect your your loot and you uh you proceed deeper inland start heading north east and north of last wall lies the crusaders eternal charge Verlich, the birthplace of Tarbaphon and his first conquest upon his resurrection as a lich. Subject to millennia of undeath, slaughter, and war, the land itself roils with necromantic power. 
The smattering of plants that grow from its rocky soil are stunted and twisted, and the few animals that dwell within, even normally benign goats and deer, are bloodthirsty and aggressive. More than anything, though, Vigil is a land of the dead. Even before Tarbafon's escape from Gallowspire, undead wandered Verlich freely, and only the boldest knights of Last Wall ventured into the dead realm on seasonal tours to inspect Gallowspire and clear out whatever necromantic manifestations they could find. It's a dead land of mountains, fog, and storms where the weather shifts with little reason or warning, and even seasoned travelers become lost as the overcast skies hide sun, moon, and stars alike for days on end. And the heroes start trudging, just now penetrating the borders of this blasted land. And we'll see how they do in their campaign into Ustalav and Verlich next week on the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. See ya! See ya! See ya! See ya! We're the best. This could be easy. We'll walk right in.